Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Great Brazilian team. Gout, it's there. They're ahead. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And today, we're giving you an inside look at the teams and playoff pictures to date. As we present Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Here now, the goalkeeper's beaten, and South Africa has their first goal. Listen as Jason Longshore gives you all the latest in the world of soccer. As we break down the matchups and get you insights you can only find here. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. Late night soccer almost feels like pirate radio here on The Game. I'm Jason Longshore alongside Jessica Charman. And Jess, we watched the value of patience play out this afternoon as England showed that patience. Even with a slow start, Jordan Pickford had some work to do early on, but England ends up taking care of business in the round of 16 match with Senegal. Yeah, 100%, Jason. First 20 minutes or so, I wasn't so thrilled with how things were going. I was extremely nervous with the opportunities we were giving up. Senegal came in fearless. They came to play. They created some amazing opportunities if it wasn't for two fantastic high-level quality shapes from Jordan Pickford, who always seems to come up big, I must say, in tournaments. He's that kind of player. It could have been a very different story, but in the end, comfortable for the last 60 minutes or so of the game for England to see out the result. Another three different goal-scoring performance, which I love. And Harry Kane gets the goal and has the performance that we've been looking for from the guy with the armband. Jordan Henderson opened the scoring in the 38th minute. Harry Kane in first half stoppage time. Bukayo Saka in the 57th. Really felt like the game was over after Kane's goal, but let's go back to the beginning, the lineup. And no Marcus Rashford in the starting lineup. I thought he would start. It seems like this is something that Gareth Southgate is having to to really manage game to game, but he also does a good job of managing the individuals in the squad. And we saw Rashford in, in the match. 
But the biggest thing to me immediately when the lineup comes out is the midfield. That's what jumped out to me. And we had talked all tournament long, and we'll have to see what Southgate does against France because that's a different level of opponent than he's seen so far. But generally, he'll go to the line of five with three center backs against tougher opponents. He didn't do it here, but he kind of halfway went a little more conservative. The midfield with three holding midfielders, it one frees up Jude Bellingham to get forward a little bit more, but it's not always Jude who goes forward. The opening goal is Jordan Henderson, who I think is the one who makes this team work. When he's in that midfield, they look so much better. Yeah, and the chemistry between Henderson and Bellingham as well with the youth and the experience coming together for a beautiful connection. You saw it in the goal celebration with the heads close together. I think there's some asking about, will you join me in Liverpool and we can build some chemistry like this, quite <laughs> frankly. But Henderson is a really underrated player. I think because he's not all glitter and shebang, people don't necessarily realize the work rate that he brings to the game, but he's so good at holding things down. He's so good at offering that defensive coverage, but more importantly, he's also got an eye for going forwards. And you saw it with his finish, the composure that he had, that was a very comfortable finish in terms of how he made it look. And I think that with him, Declan Rice, Bellingham, it just felt very tidy in the midfield. And I think we saw the best out of Bellingham again that we hadn't seen necessarily against the USA at all. He was able to demonstrate what he can do at this international level. And again, he's getting the plaudits, but I think Henderson deserves a lot of the praise for bringing out the best in Jude Bellingham. I got to make sure I have this right. You said Jordan Henderson is not all the glitter and shebang. I, I made that up on the spot. I don't think that's a saying, Jason. Do not. <laughs> I'm, I might use it at some point this upcoming season. I'm just saying. I'm going to I'm gonna look at you if people start yelling at me about it. Um, let's go back to before the, the goal, before the, the glitter and the shebang from Jordan Henderson. Jordan Pickford had to make a couple of big saves. You noticed one that isn't getting a ton of hype. The one that is getting a ton of hype. I don't know. It might be one of the saves of the tournament because if Senegal scores there, I think we have a very different afternoon. Yeah, it's a point blank reaction save. The save we're talking about where it's coming in at the near post goes across him. He's able to fling out that left hand to make the coverage at the goal. And I think on the commentary, they even said that could be one of the saves of the tournament. A lot of the time we're with saves. People appreciate the big flying saves, right? The upper mm -hmm. 90 goals, those kind of things, the big strikes from distance because they prevent a world-class goal. But it's also about the difficulty of the save and a reaction like that from that distance. But that really is Jordan Pickford's A game. We see him that he's so good at one-on-ones. That was the save against Saar that wasn't given as a corner. Senegal robbed of a corner after seeing the angle. I just retweeted it on my Twitter page if anyone wants to see it because he 100% gets another touch. And I was wondering when I saw it live because Saar doesn't miss from there. You would have mm. expected him not to miss from there. And I actually think a lot of people were saying he was appealing just for the handball, which obviously wasn't a handball, came off of the body trying to play it. I yeah. think he might have been appealing just as much for the deflection and the fact that Senegal deserved a corner. While we're getting uh, all the, the proper English sayings down, uh, would Bukayo Saka's goal qualify as a cheeky little dink? Yeah, it would. And I know our producer would be very happy about that as well. <laughs> I, I think Saka's finding himself and he's growing in confidence every game. And I think that you see why Southgate trusted him. I love the um, pregame interview where some questions were made about 
his selection. And he said, look, we have a really good issue in terms of being blessed with so many forwards. And I think that we're in a really good position where we can rotate the threat. And that makes it so hard to prepare for England because who knows what you're going to play against France. France don't know. Southgate might not even know right now, but it allows you to be an unpredictable forward line instead of a team that maybe is relying on one source for their goals. The other thing that's fascinating about where England is right now, and I think the the midfield is a big part of it, but also false nine Harry Kane, because he is a false nine in this tournament. Go back to the first goal. He's the one who springs Bellingham forward at the midway line. Like he's in the midfield. And when you have guys like Saka, when you have Rashford, when you have Foden, who's kind of in a free role anyway, they're going to come inside. They're going to take the space that Kane is vacating. It's fascinating to see the rotations. And I think it's something that, look, it's easy to to yell about England and, and you know, this guy should play, this guy should play, or they should do this, or rah, rah, rah. But the way that they're doing this, because it's not by accident. These tactics and these rotations don't happen by accident. These are things they work on. These are things they talk about. And when you go up against France and you go up against a back line that has looked a little shaky at times and you go up against a midfield that loves to get forward, how they deal with 4v3 when Kane becomes a midfielder, because that's what a false nine does, and then how they deal with Saka and Foden coming inside from the wing positions, I think that's a really tricky game for France. I agree. I think the fluidity is what's so difficult to gauge as a defender because the movement is there and you're facing different threats all the time, different players in different pockets of space. You can't get caught ball watching at any time because the players are moving so much around you. And the fact that you have four or five players, like you mentioned, Jason, that all have an eye for a pass, that are willing to link up with each other. I also think this is probably one of the most selfless English teams that we've seen in terms of the movement of the ball, in terms of the fact that it doesn't seem like one player is looking for individual goals like maybe we've seen in the past. It looks like everyone is willing to really sacrifice their opportunities for the better of the team, for finding those correct passes. And the speed that we're able to counterattack can be deadly. And France, as you mentioned, will leave a lot of space in those positions as they look to get uh, numbers forward. And I think when you have someone with an eye for the pass, like Harry Kane when he's dropping in, like Drew Bellingham, that can split defenders, it can be the thing of nightmares for whoever they face. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating how England approaches France. I know one thing that Gareth Southgate will be very happy to have is a healthy Kyle Walker. He played 90 minutes today. How did you feel he looked in the back line? Pretty good for someone that hasn't. He doesn't look like a player that's barely played you know, this season. So I think he looked strong. There are a couple of moments where maybe he misread the play, maybe didn't look quite in form in terms of having those reps under his belt, but he makes up for so much with his defensive line by having the speed to recover because they're not blessed with speed in terms of Harry Maguire, in terms of uh, Stones. So it's nice to have that speed of recovery. I will say, though, first 30 minutes of that game, England were their own worst nightmare defensively in terms of cheap giveaways out of the back, in terms of trying to force the ball in certain situations by keeping the possessional game. Senegal weren't able to punish, but if you have a first 30 minutes like that against the French, and it's not to disrespect Senegal, I think they've had a very good performance, uh, very good performance throughout the tournament, have very good quality, but the French are going to take it up a notch. Yeah. You can't afford those wayward, risky, 
passes that allow someone to jump onto them against the French because I really think they will punish you in a different dimension. Yeah, a little sloppy at times, for sure. Um, I think they shored that up. Uh, it is something you're going to have to worry about against the, the French front line, and we'll talk about France getting past Poland here in just a bit. But are you okay with Southgate sticking to the 4-3-3 that turns into a 4-4-2 when Kane drops in? Are you okay with that against the French front line, that front four stuff of nightmares? But are you okay with England where they are matching up with that? I, I think with how they played today, yeah. Because, yeah, France is a step up. But at the same time, they were able to make this work. And I think what helps is then you have the numbers going forward that you can look to punish. And if you're able to win those duels in the midfield, if you're able to create and utilize that space in and behind, then you want to have those numbers in the attack as well. And, and I think that sometimes you can take a risk by playing too, too conservatively that then you don't have those numbers going forward that are going to be able to threaten. I also think Jordan Henderson, if he's able to play the way that we know he can, he's a difference maker that makes it okay to play with four at the back because he's able to sit, he's able to be disciplined, as is Declan Rice. And I think that really helps this team in terms of having structure without sacrificing too much going forwards. Yeah, I, I I really hope Southgate does not sacrifice one of Saka or Foden or somebody else in those roles, Rashford. I hope he doesn't sacrifice one of them to essentially bring on Karen Trippier, who I really like. But I would assume that would be the play, is Trippier would come on, Walker would be the third center back on that right side. I don't think that makes them better. I, I really want to see somebody test France's defense because I don't think they're that strong. They haven't been tested yet. They and we saw the shaky really moment, tested. and we'll get into it, but the shaky moment defensively with a couple of set plays, Lloris diving into his own defender, those kind of things. There were some shaky moments for France, and I think that's the difference between group stages where you see big tests and you see fights and you face challenges. And I think England was able to manage their workload well during the group stage, but they also did benefit from the fight of the US. They did benefit from the rivalry against Wales. And I think they were tested in a way that maybe the French haven't quite been tested. Yeah, they're a little more battle hardened and that's going to help them when they get to this. France really outside of what the 15 to 20 minutes that Denmark really was able to, to hang with them and test them. They haven't really been tested their attack is, is brilliant, but <laughs> defensively, it, it is a concern. And I think this tournament has shown us consistently that teams that play scared get punished for that. Teams that play on the front foot usually get rewarded. Now, we're going to talk about Japan in a little bit, and they're, they're kind of the anomaly here. But I'd love to see England try to take it to France rather than sit back. I don't want to see a fearful side because I don't see why you should be fearful in this one. I think it's going to be an evenly uh, matched game on paper. I don't really see it. Maybe France comes in as a slight favorite just because of the fact that they're the reigning champions. But I would say England is the more balanced team. France blows you away with their firepower up top. But I think England as a whole has more balance in the squad in terms of having strengths defensively. And going forward, if you go into this one scared, I think there will be an uproar in England because we are one of the favourites in this tournament now. And rightly so with the way we performed across the games that we played so far. 
three clean sheets in a row. You're doing very well defensively. You're seeing that your formation is working. Why fix what isn't broken, Jason? We'll recap France's win. We'll look ahead to Monday's matches in the round of 16 in three minutes as Atlanta soccer tonight returns on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Soccer live with Jason Longshore. And it's the man from the back. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. We knew one of the quarterfinals coming into the day: the Netherlands and Argentina. We'll meet on Friday. We now know what the other quarterfinal is so far. England and France, the old rivals meeting on Saturday. France gets there by virtue of a pretty comprehensive win over Poland. Although, Jess, I, I felt like Poland surprised us a little bit in the first half where they actually remembered where the attacking part of the field was. Yeah, there was a moment where I just thought maybe there may be a crazy upset if they were able to make the most of their attacking power. That was short-lived, but there was a huge moment where three different players combined for France to keep it out of the back of the net. A big save from Lloris and then two defenders getting back to clear it off of the line. And I feel like that kind of summarized Poland's luck and ability in front of goal with that phase of play. It was you know, a decent shot to draw the save from Lloris, but then the other two, if you give the defender enough chance to get back on the line, you're probably not finishing it quite as well as you could. And again, it's another one of those where 
the underdog looks back like Senegal is probably doing right now. If we had finished that chance when we were locked in a nil-nil, could it have been a different day? They'll never know. But after the first, what, 20 minutes, Poland started to look back like the Poland that we maybe trash-talked a tiny bit in yesterday's show? Yeah, they did in the second half. It was a late first-half goal from Olivier Giroud, his 52nd for the French national team. He is now the all-time goal-scoring leader for France. Uh, as, as great as Giroud is, you would think that might be Zidane. You would think that might be Henri. You would think that might be Platini. But it is Olivier Giroud, 36 years old, three months. He's the oldest player to score in a knockout stage match since Roger Mila of Cameroon in 1990. I remember that goal. He took it off of Rene Higuita. A uh, crazy goalkeeper <laughs> dribbling outside of the 18 gets dispossessed. Mila scores. Giroud didn't have to do that. Mbappe made it a little bit easy for him. But the first half, I mean, 0.91 XG for France, 0.75 for Poland. Possession 56-44 for France, not completely dominant. Shots were 9-8. France had three more on target for, with five, two for Poland. The, the Polish actually played a little bit in the first half, and I didn't expect it. Um, they didn't necessarily look super comfortable doing it. I think they might get lightheaded when they're in the attacking half for very long. But the second half, France took control. It, it should have been 3-0. It's a very late stoppage time penalty that was retaken ugh, after ugh. an awful initial attempt from Lewandowski. Larice was off his line, but oof. Yeah, but here's my thing, and I tweeted about it. Oh, here we go. Goalkeeper no, but you. this whole stutter step thing, it's a broken run-up. It's garbage to me that you're going to punish a goalkeeper for jumping off their line when the guy is stutter stepping and preventing his run-up. I was pretty sure they talked about how it had to be a progressive run-up. You couldn't That's stop. That's not in the rules anymore. Now, well, I don't know if it needs to be if you're yeah. going to punish the goalkeeper like that, yeah. because it's already you're at 12 yards out in a goal that's eight feet by eight yards. You don't need any more advantages to your favor. Get rid of the stutter step. It's completely stupid. And I can't believe we tried it the second time. <laughs> I, I just I was furious watching it. Absolutely <laughs> furious. And you saw it in Larissa's reaction as well. He was fuming that he tried mm. it a second time. It's disrespectful. It's stupid. And uh, <laughs> anytime someone does a stutter step penalty, I hope they blast it over the crossbar or down the keeper's throat. Wow. Wow. I love I'm it. I'm passionate about this one. Seriously. Um, the law, the only thing you can't do when you're taking the penalty, you can stop. You can't fake kicking it. You can't faint kicking the ball. That's the one thing they do not let you do. I'm with you. They, there needs to be some kind of a, a line there. I don't know if it was taken out of the rules or if it was just always kind of understood, like it was understood that goalkeepers could come off the line early before they actually started <laughs> enforcing the rule. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there, there has to be something in there about how that gets handled. We'll see. Didn't affect the game in this one. Killing Mbappe made sure of that. Two goals and an assist. He's got five goals and two assists in the tournament. Is this Killing Mbappe's tournament? I mean, so far, yeah, isn't it? You can't deny it. I think the variety of his goals, the fact that he's able to find the assists, he's so talented and he's so young. You look at him play and you'd never believe he was 23, right? I think he is. It's terrifying, honestly, because the sky truly is the limit. A lot of players don't peak until they're 26, 27, and here he is putting this team on his back. And 
I think that we talked a lot about Griezmann and yeah, he helps, but today Mbappe was a, an incredible attribute to this side and he could have created even more opportunities if other players had made their runs. There was one earlier on where Giroud didn't uh, time his run at the back post well enough. I remember that clearly. He, he's a player that even when you are focusing your resources on trying to prevent him play like Poland did, he will still find a pocket of space. He will still find an opportunity. And he just is a natural born finisher. And uh, you could like say, you cannot afford to give him an opportunity because he will punish. I want to, I want to talk about the second goal for a minute, because again, Poland hung around for a while. I mean, they got to the 74th minute. It's still one nil and Poland had committed numbers forward. France breaks. Poland got back pretty well. I'll give Olivier Giroud a lot of credit. He made a run to the ball side. So he's in the middle. Ball's on the right of France's attack. Giroud makes a run, drags two defenders with him, and it turned into 3v4 by this point. But, hey, Poland, I I have a a wild theory here, especially if you're not going to try to attack in general and you're going to play defensively. You might want to know where Mbappe is. When, when you see a guy on the ball on the right side and you see Giroud making a run and all your defenders are on that side and Mbappe is wide open, mm. completely wide open. He's making crepes on the left side of the field. And then to make it worse, and full credit to Mbappe because he blasted into the, the perfect spot, but then to make it worse, you're so biting on something he had done earlier in the game where he's cutting to his right, wants to hit that shot across his body. They they don't let him come there, but they give him the near post. Oh, it felt like it was in slow motion, the goal, right? In terms of you're looking and you're just like these defenders are stationary. And it felt like he had all the time in the world to pick his spot. It was incredible. Like You, you can't give him like, the near post. Who's going to step to him? Like no one stepped. No one watched him. You saw the counterattack on. It was, I mean, like, yes, we're blessed sitting on our sofas with an amazing angle on the TV screens to see what they should be doing. But you would think they would be defensively more organized. But as you say, it was another one of those goals that we've seen in this tournament where they committed bodies forward. They were inside France's 18-yard yep. box. Lewandowski was trying to get a link-up play. They were actually almost creating a great yep. opportunity inside the 18. And instantly, the speed of counterattack from France was very impressive. One pass up and the movement off the ball from that front three was was tasty. It was very nice. Yeah, I mean, 74th minute, you kind of have to start going for it there. But when you get the numbers back, I'm just blown away that he had that much space and time. And then they still don't take the near post away from him. He puts it into the the upper corner. No chance for Chesney, who was brilliant. Again, making saves all over the place. But Poland is going home. I think they're the worst of the teams that made it to the round of 16. Um, I think they were the worst in terms of their approach. Japan is a whole different kind of ball game because Japan, it feels like, yes, they're very defensive, obviously, but they have a plan. I don't think Poland ever really had that plan. You know, it's like they're not going to sit to counter. They're just sitting and then maybe trying to find Lewandowski at some point. Japan wants to counter in some very specific ways ways uh Zlatko Dalic for Croatia that's the matchup early tomorrow between Japan and Croatia Zlatko Dalic the the Croatian manager said that his club has to be disciplined and he's dead on because they fit the profile of Germany and they fit the profile of Spain and the way that they want to play 
Japan had 17.7% of the possession against Spain. That's like nothing. They had 26% against Germany. That's a little bit more than nothing. And they won both of those games because they want to break. They want to break out. They want to break lines when they pass. Takuma Asano leads the tournament in line-breaking passes in behind. What they try to do is in a line-breaking pass, if you're, if you're not familiar with the term, let's compare it to Poland. Because Poland, when they would break, it's bomb it forward to Lewandowski, hope he can hold it up, and then other people come join the cavalry and join the party. Japan wants to get out in numbers, and they don't pass a lot directly to somebody, have them hold it up. They want to play between two defenders for a player running in behind. That's how they break you, and that's what they look for. Four players made the top 20 in the tournament in line-breaking passes. Three of their four goals have come from substitutes. They're bringing fresh legs in to make those runs, and they know exactly what kind of pass they're looking for. Japan is a defensive team, but they have a plan to hurt you when they get into the attacking half. They do. And I think that Croatia is probably thinking this could be a game of their worst nightmares just because of the fact they are slightly older as well. You don't, as an older player, want to have to make these recovery runs. You don't want to be catching off guard. And I think the biggest thing about this Japanese side is the fact that they've come back from behind twice. That's not normal against these big, powerful nations. Their ability to score goals back to back, to be able to dig themselves out out of trouble. So often in this sport, you see the team that scores the first goal coming up victorious because it is so hard to get back into games, particularly in tournament soccer when it's quick fire, you're fatigued. But they just have this incredible ability to find a second wind. And maybe some of that's because they don't see much of the ball. So when they do choose to have the ball, they have a real purpose and an identity about them. But I can see this being a favorable matchup for the Japanese just because we've seen their success against sides that want to have the ball. And because Croatia, despite the ability they have in their team, an amazing midfield, like we said, we praise that midfield a lot. It is an aging team. And this energy of the Japanese could be a downfall for them. Japan almost tripled Germany in their defensive pressures. They almost quadrupled Spain. Actually, more than quadrupled Spain with their defensive pressures. This team does not stop working. We're going to talk about Brazil and South Korea in our last segment, but you got to start counting your juice boxes because we'll get into what the odds makers are saying as well. Also, some news around the tournament as well. Final segment coming up Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, wrapping things up on day two of the round of 16 at the World Cup. We we're just talking about Croatia and Japan, Brazil and South Korea, kind of a similar story. We'll get a little bit deeper into the tactics of that one. Update you on a few injuries as well. But let's jump into the juice boxes, Jess. Croatia is a favorite against Japan. No shock there. Minus 215. Japan is plus 172. That's to advance. That's just straight up to go through, not caring about how. If you think Japan is going to go through an extra time, Plus 1,600, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. I actually really like that because I could see Japan having the legs in extra time that Croatia doesn't. Uh, Croatia to go through an extra time, plus 900. Penalties, it's about the same. Plus 1,000 for Japan, plus 900 for Croatia. Croatia's midfield, you mentioned it. Mateo Kovacic, Marcelo Brozovic, Luka Modric, all older, but all brilliant. Are they going to have the legs to handle what Japan has done to two top teams in this tournament already? And we're at game four now. I think that's what we have to remember as well. We saw it with the U.S., right, after their work workload throughout the tournament, maybe not having quite the same level of endurance for the entire 90 minutes, and that's understandable in a tournament. Go back, to, go back to Croatia's last game. That was not an easy game against Belgium. No, it wasn't. There was a lot of work rate. There was a lot of fight, a lot of miles put into these legs. And it's a quick turnaround at the end of the day. So I think that that may be a struggle for them. You mentioned the defensive pressure. 
of the Japanese, how they're going to make you work hard to keep your possession, how they're going to try and keep you on your toes at all times. I think Croatia, first 45 minutes, no trouble. It's the second half as maybe you start to feel a little bit depleted, as maybe you seem to be in a very close matchup. If Japan can keep this one close for an extended time, that's when they can really hurt you when they are able to, as you said, unleash that fitness off of the bench, unleash those goals off of the bench, unleash that energy and fresh legs. And that maybe is where Croatia may fall foul to the underdog here. What's your favorite flavor of juice box? Is that a juice box? Yeah, um, I like. Uh, let's go with black currant. <laughs> black currant juice boxes. Wow. Okay, I should have should have known it would be something you know not like grape or apple or. It, I think that's orange. like the purple one. It's pretty similar. Okay, black currant. So I would, if I was you, um, for me it would just be it'd be apple. I'm pretty simple. Uh, it would be my favorite juice box on Japan winning an extra time. I, okay. I love the number on that. I think it's absolutely very feasible. I think Croatia will will fight all the way through. But yeah, I think they're going to run out of legs. I think Japan's going to take it. I think they're probably going to need the extra 30 minutes to do it. Now, the other game, Brazil and South Korea. Brazil is minus 1,100 to advance. South Korea is plus 740 to advance. Much wider disparity here. Uh, Neymar will play, according to Chichi, the manager for Brazil. He didn't say he would start. He said he would play. Now, Brazil are missing Alex Tellez. They're missing Gabriel Jesus. Both are out for the rest of the tournament. Uh, Chichi hit back at some media reports saying that Brazil knew that Gabriel Jesus was battling an injury and shouldn't have played him and all these things. That's Chichi said all that's nonsense. Um he insists that Brazil will not be complacent against South Korea. They Brazil beat South Korea 5-1 in June in a friendly. Backline with Notellus, it's a little bit makeshift. We could see Danny Alves at 39 years old start again. We could see Eder Militao play it right back. He's typically a center back. That's the right side of Brazil's defense. You know who uh, played on the left side of South Korea's attack against Portugal? Um, would it be a, a very good Spurs player by any chance? It would, Sonny, Sun Hung Min. And he's starting to put it all together. And bonus attacking Brazil's right side. South Korea's left back, Kim Jin Soo. Only three defenders in the tournament have recorded more open play crosses. Only one of them has completed more open play crosses. And we have seen for South Korea, Chogu Singh, they're in, up top, they're number nine, good in the air. South Korea, it, it's going to be somewhat similar to Japan in that they're going to have to soak up a lot of pressure. They're going to have to play on the counter. But I think that South Korea is a better attacking team than Japan, and they can play at least in moments with Brazil. How long do you think they can play with Brazil? It's about picking moments as well, I think. It, it, you don't want to go in scared, as we say, but when you lose to a team by five goals, you're going to be a little bit anxious and maybe be slightly more conservative. But we've seen these friendlies and how we can see a lot of different results in friendlies versus going on to the world stage where anything can happen. I think it's an emotional component for South Korea too, coming off of like a shock entrance 
into the group or out of the group rather. I think they're going to have to balance that and find themselves back focused after a very, very crazy emotional end to the group stages. I think they've got a lot of ability here. I do find it ironic that we preached and we preached about Brazil's squad depth continually and how they have this incredible squad and so this much This was depth. the one spot that they didn't. <laughs> and it comes back to hurt them at this point. And I think that it, with Neymar, how long is he going to be able to give you? Because a lot of pundits thought that it would be no Neymar, no problem. But as we've seen, when they didn't have Neymar, they weren't a side able to be as dangerous, to create as many opportunities, and they clearly missed him on the pitch. But you've got to find that balance because that ankle injury was no joke. And it's very easy. Anyone that's had an ankle injury before knows how easy it is for that to reoccur, and they can't afford to take that risk either. We've seen it happen in tournaments before where you have a star player injured and you're trying to get them back you have to weigh, can you survive this game without them to give them a full another day of rest? Or do you have to have them to advance? And and we see it play out different ways. I mean, we see teams at times have tried to hold people back and they've gotten knocked out before their most influential player can influence the tournament. We've also seen players rushed back and not be able to maintain that level or not be able to finish the tournament out. It's a really tricky one. I mean, for Brazil, I, mean, I think it's the same for South Korea, and I'm really interested to see the first half of this because I think both teams have to go for it early. I, I think South Korea has to take their opportunities. They're not going to go for it, go for it, but they have to try to take advantage of Brazil's right side being a little unsteady, a little unstable. They have to try to get the jump on Brazil and make them uncomfortable. And we've seen Brazil take a, a while in the first two games that they won it took at least 30 minutes to really get going. South Korea needs to take advantage of that. Brazil needs to get up on this game early, put South Korea away, and rest Neymar. Yeah. Like that's yeah, what they need to do. That's going to be the game plan for Brazil, but it could come back to haunt them again. I, I think Brazil will get through this one, but I don't think it will be uh, as comfortable of a game as we've seen for the French and the English. I think they're going to be put through a lot more fight in this one and. Who knows? As you say, if South Korea is able to capitalize, we saw the speed of the counter. We saw the ability of Son and he's growing and growing and growing. He looks like a player that has come back and now that injury, the face mask, nothing's bothering him anymore. He's found his tempo. He's found his rhythm. He has shown so many times at club level, at country level, that he can make something happen out of nowhere, that he can lead this team. Brazil are going to be very concerned about how he can take advantage of their Achilles heel in terms of their defensive mishap. They have to be worried about that. And I, I will not risk your uh, black current juice boxes twice. I, I'm only going to really go for that Japan win in extra time, but yeah. yeah, I could see South Korea pulling an upset here because it's been that kind of a tournament. Brazil should handle it. And I think the way they handle it, is two goals in the first half. And we saw it with England today. And we saw it with the Netherlands on Saturday. Two goals in the first half. Don't let the underdog grow into it. Handle your business. Brazil needs to do that early for multiple reasons. They don't want to let South Korea grow into it. And they also need to rest Neymar in a big, big way. One thing I wanted to touch on from a, a news perspective before we go Today, there was a news conference and Arsene Wenger, who is part of the FIFA technical study group, he told the, the media assembled at this news conference that the format for 2026, the World Cup here in the U.S., Canada and Mexico, is under consideration. 
There are three options. I didn't know there were three. We knew that they were talking about three team groups originally. That's how the, the cities were picked, kind of based on the number of games and how it would look. Now they're coming back to potentially four team groups. So instead of three team groups and more groups, it'd be 12 groups of four with the best third place teams going to along with the top two. But there is another option, which is interesting. Basically split the World Cup into almost two tournaments, two groups, two, two 24 team halves. And we've seen a 24 team tournament before where it's six groups of four and you play it out. The winner of each half would meet in the final. This is all up for consideration, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I like either one of the four team group ideas yeah. so much better than the three team group. It's got to be a four team group. And I think that if they were set on the three uh, team group, this World Cup showed them that they need to keep four because of the drama, because of the environment, because of the competitiveness, because game three counts for everything. Uh, I, ju I just, yeah, I, I think it has to be four teams in a group. And I think the teams would want it too. You want your games to count for something and you want to get those three games because you deserve an opportunity to grow, build momentum and have an opportunity for your players to get a chance to compete at the World Cup properly. Yeah, either way you want to do it, you're going to have some third place teams get into it. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but we've done it many times in World Cup history. It's a lot better than two teams of three advancing after two games and then into knockouts. That, no, 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 no. Four team groups, come on FIFA, get this one right, please, for 2026. I'm sure we'll be talking about that the rest of the way. We've got two big games to recap tomorrow. Two more games to preview. The round of 16 will conclude on Tuesday. We'll know all of the quarterfinals. We'll be here covering all of it for you on Atlanta Soccer tonight. Tomorrow night, we're live about 10.30 or so after Hawks basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Off the Woodwork podcast to get all of the shows on demand. You can download them off the Odyssey app or anywhere you get your podcasts. All of our bonus interviews will be there as well. Thanks for hanging out with us late night. Adios, everybody. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 